you know your grandpa only acts that way most times to tease us. He's really very smart. He's the one getting me through Trig. Moon Podcast Escalation! My name is Jordan D. White. My name is Chris Sims, and this is Sailor Business. It's the podcast where we sit down with a friend each and every week and watch an episode of the classic 1992 Sailor Moon anime and talk about just why it is that we love it so much, or in this case, why we are vaguely creeped out by it. This I have a, I have so many mixed feelings about this episode. So many mixed feelings. It's a real weird one. Today, we are going to be watching episode 63 of Sailor Moon R, Women Must Be Strong and Beautiful, Ray's New Special Technique. Jordan, dare I ask what it is called in the Deke version? Oh, yeah. Gramps in a Pickle. (laughs) I did not like that. (laughs) Well, here's the thing. This this is one of those weird episodes. I I had been starting to think they actually, the people making the show were starting to like, I don't know, respect the people who made the show in Japan. Because for the most part recently, the episodes have been pretty consistent like i've watched them in japanese and then i watched the deke version and it's like oh yeah they like they change some things where it's a cultural difference or if it's a thing where they're like we don't want to advocate children running away or you know so they'll or, or we'll add a seatbelt or something but but for the most part they were they've been right on this one is another one of those ones where they just went forget their nonsense script i'll just watch what happens and write something and so as a result like every scene has a completely different I mean, and again, not a completely different thing because it still follows the same plot of Gramps starting this school. But every scene is like instead of talking about this, they're talking about this. Instead of talking about that, they're talking about that. Like it, they just changed every single thing. Well, I am. I uh, good. (laughs) (laughs) No, it doesn't make it that much better. It really doesn't help much. (laughs) Well, in order to help us talk about this episode, we have uh, invited on a special guest of the show. Uh, And I have to say, we have had requests. People have emailed the show asking us to have Canadians on, uh, because apparently there are things about Sailor Moon that are unique to the Canadian perspective uh, that go beyond Artemis's voice, I think. (laughs) Uh, So to that end, our guest this week was nice enough to contact us and uh, express an interest in being on the show. So please uh, welcome Siobhan Hode to the show. Siobhan, welcome. Welcome. Thanks for having me on, guys. Now, you said that this was the first time you've been on a podcast. Yes. But that you have been on the radio talking about math. Yes. Uh, uh, which I was delighted by. Yes. In elementary school, uh, me and two friends got picked to record a math minute for a local radio station where I think we talked about Pythagoras. I never listened to it, but yeah. That's my uh, broadcasting experience. So were you one of the people who emailed me when I dismissively asked if they were still making new math? I thought about it. (laughs) Yeah, people got mad at you for that. People did get mad. I thought, like, like we should have known that this show would attract more math fans. What with its strong math focus that we're going to be seeing over the next couple episodes. Well, you know what? Now that you say that, it's funny. We do. We do tend to get. We get. We had math people get upset. We, we've had. We get so many wrestling questions. So that attributes to the Jupiter side. Like, do we have like 
fans who are like linked to every scout, I would imagine. Uh, I guess. So, uh, Siobhan, who is who is your who's your scout? I have a theory based on what we know already. Okay, yeah. So I was thinking that Amy should be my favorite scout because she is definitely what I was like at age fourteen. <laughs> but no, I would have to say Jupiter immediately won me over when she showed up and was already a superhero. Yeah. And was just like, oh great, these lightning powers will make it so much more efficient to take down bullies. <laughs> Uh, she is pretty great. So what is your history with Sailor Moon? So I'm a little intimidated by the intro that I'm going to explain all of the Canadian connections of <laughs> Sailor Moon. <laughs> because uh, I was one of those kids who did not have cable. So we had three channels in my house. I did not have YTV where Sailor Moon was airing. Um, and actually a friend tipped me off that then one of the hosts for that is uh, Sugar Lynn Beard. So who did the voice acting for Chibi Moon later. So all my friends with YTV, they got tons of Sailor Moon exposure. I was completely unaware of it until high school when someone told me about Pretty Guardian Sailor Moon. Oh. So I watched the first episode of that. Uh, I think they were really just like talking up the uh, combat via spinning style of that show. But that didn't really get my attention very much to watch all of it. I saw some other anime but I was, had a pretty passive approach to it. You know, a friend would just invite people over and say, thanks for coming to my party. Let's all watch the entire Trigun series. So I'd seen First some of all, stuff. it's a long party. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was a sleepover. <laughs> uh, it did leave me the impression that uh, a lot of anime got, like, really confusing, like, eight hours in. Uh, <laughs> probably because I was basically unconscious. That's um, great. Yeah. I mean, look, having watched all of Trigun, you're also not wrong. <laughs> like you could have been you could have been wide awake and eight hours in you would have still been like wait i'm sorry what's the yeah. deal with this arm yeah but yeah so i saw trigon i saw ghost of the shell ranma uh you know a couple other things but i didn't really get interested in sailor moon until sort of around when crystal was announced and then suddenly it was like a lot of my friends were talking about it being excited about it people were writing think pieces so much People fan art. Podcasts. Like, there was a podcast. Um, I was actually hoping that your podcast would be about Crystal because that's also when I found out that even though I might want to go back and watch Sailor Moon, it's 200 episodes, which felt like a little bit of a commitment. You're telling us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we actually had a party with some of my friends to watch the first few episodes of Crystal. And then after that, uh, you know, I was expressed some interest in seeing the original. So a friend got me to watch what was going to be the next episode on Sailor Moon. So, like, I skipped past all the ones with just Usagi, Aww. and she showed me um, Ray's introduction with the demon bus. Sure. And just watching Usagi holding the bus pole and, like, screaming and crying about how she does not want to get on the bus <laughs> because it's so scary. Yep. That's that's what won me over. I was like, okay, Crystal's cool, but I have to go back. Yeah, woo! Yeah, so um, I've been watching along with the podcast to like sort of break it up because again, 200 episodes seemed like a lot. Although my boyfriend wasn't happy when he realized this meant that I would be telling him about Sailor Moon for the next three years. Yep. Yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is a commitment. This is a yeah. serious, serious commitment. Yeah. Excellent. But I was like, you know what? This is my Elder Scrolls, so you're just going to have to suck it up. 
that makes me so, so happy that cowardly Usagi is what won you over. <laughs> <laughs> so was there a time when you when you disagreed with our assessment of an episode? Since you have been watching along with us. Oh gosh. Um nothing comes to mind for that. I mean, I don't want to say that I've agreed with every statement, but sure, I, sure. I don't recall like an episode where I've just like listened to him and like completely rolling my eyes or anything. All right. Well, well, well okay, okay. Well, well, here's here's a variation on that question. Have okay. we po- have we poisoned you against Ray? <laughs> <laughs> it's a good question. Um, I yeah, I do feel you're a little harsh on her. Oh. Um, yeah, especially lately, but. <laughs> um, but I feel like if I'd watched this when it was airing, I probably would have also had a pretty negative opinion of her. Okay, that's. I mean, look, I, I feel like we've been nice lately, but okay, but she's been a little rough. <laughs> there was a, there's, there's been a point, a low point. <laughs> <laughs> that is that is definitely the case. How about how about how about how about Darian Mamoru? What what are your feelings? Oh God, he just makes me flash back to when I was like 12 and my 14-year-old friends had high school boyfriends. That wasn't a good time. <laughs> I think I might be like the only person on earth who likes him. You and Betty, I think. I think she... Betty, Betty was pro memory. Okay, good. Uh, well, that brings us to what I think is our most crucial question. The one that we have been, the one that we've been asking for weeks. You are a Canadian. Yes. Which presumably means you were a Canadian teen. Yes. Did you, at any point in your life, ever refer to someone as a dweezel? No. <laughs> there you go. There you go. That's one one strike against the Deke dub. Uh, I so, also did a quick poll of uh, some friends who were watching Sailor Moon, and they all did not even remember the word dweezel, even having watched Sailor Moon. So, like, it's... I've, it's probably not a thing. They, uh, they I, must just be Zappa fans on the, <laughs> the writing staff. Uh, I did have they once, would use it positively. That's true. You would you think you'd use it positively if you were a Zappa fan? Yeah, I do have one suggestion um, for a PG insult from my Canadian teenhood uh, that they could have used. Let's hear it. Which I probably only remembered because of all of the trash pile talk. <laughs> on this podcast, sure. that there was a thing at my school of throwing someone's stuff into the garbage, and then when they take it out of the garbage can, you call them a garbage picker. Nice. Yeah. That's horrible. Yeah. Children are horrible. That's really awful. Yeah, that's a pretty that's a pretty crappy thing to do to someone. Yep. I do uh I do like the term trash pile talk, which I think was the original name of this podcast. <laughs> No, it was not. We had yet to discover that gem, that trash pile gem. I guess that is that is our introduction to you, Siobhan. I'm, I'm very glad to have you here. Uh, can you explain Artemis's voice at all? <laughs> or no? I don't think can anything explain Artemis's voice. Um, well, so I've been watching the subtitled version. So, sure, sure. And I, I did watch uh, the Deke dub just for episode 63, but Artemis was not in it. So I don't know what Artemis sounds like. Let's see. Okay, have you ever heard someone do, like, an impression of a Canadian and you're like, that's, like, this might be the wrong word, but that is, like, as close to offensive as you can that's get. That's too far. You went too far with that, like that. Except, uh, yeah. uh, presumably, it's his normal voice. Presumably, it's his for real voice. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. Like, I have heard people <clears throat> whose, whose natural speaking voices seem like parodies of southern accents where I live. 
And I feel like Artemis is that for Canadians. And it's okay. just, it's just, it's just, it's only, it's only notable because again, everybody else is doing their best to do an American accent, and he you is have, not. You have to hit him now, Sailor Moon. Anyway, poor Artemis. He, yeah, like you said, that, uh, he's not in this episode, so we'll let he's him not go. In this episode. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. I'll tell you what is in this episode though is uh, Ray's new special technique, which we're going to learn all about now. <laughs> that was a segue, George. That was that was that was our cue. Oh, let's do it then. <laughs> After all, women must be strong and beautiful. That's true. So that brings us to the episode. Uh, I think I don't think. Do we have any other sailor business to get through? No. I will say we now. are we are recording this in advance. Uh, we're recording this a little bit earlier than we usually do from uh, our other episodes. So if anything in the world of Sailor Moon has come up in the past month or so, we don't know about it yet. We are mere specters from the past. The ghost of Sailor Moon past. So let's uh let's jump in. And oh boy, the, like there's so much to love about this episode, and there's so much to not like at all about this episode. I think. But we open with uh with old Grandpa, old old monster himself, old Gigi. Yes, yes, he is a monster. I definitely did put that in my notes. Yes, I wanted to see him like. I mean, we're getting ahead of ourselves, but I wanted to see him like Hulk out and become Gigi again. That would have been amazing. I, I don't think that is how uh, the rainbow crystals work. No, sadly, no. So uh, Grandpa is upset because the Hikawa Shrine is just uh, just not doing as, as good as it used to. You are being generous, my friend. Grandpa is upset because there are no pretty girls around. Yeah. And why are there? Why aren't there pretty girls around? Because... A magazine, because Grandpa is such a creep that it has made the news. <laughs> yes, exactly so. The magazine, I saw a caption, call 911 if he does something like this. Oh my god! Yeah, this is serious. <laughs> That's amazing. This shrine should probably be shut down. Yeah, there's like, the there are pictures of Grandpa. Like, like I don't know if if you freeze frame on it. It looks like he has his hand under, I mean, it looks like Ami, actually. It looks like he's got his hand under Ami's skirt, which I do not think Ami would put up with. Is that Amy um, in the picture? Well, I mean, it, if you freeze frame it, it kind of looks like her. It's, it's someone with short hair. Okay. Uh, wearing that school uniform. So it could be. It could not be. Uh, but yeah, point being, there is a double page spread in this magazine that says, beware of the old lecher at Hikawa Shrine. Yeah. Yikes. De- devoted now, to to how lecherous he is, how amazing! And, and so, obviously, since this magazine has come out, all the all the young girls uh, that Grandpa would usually creep on, and you know what? I know that I have like I know that I've tried to be like, oh, maybe they're maybe they're softening him up lately. No, you know maybe we, you know maybe he's had you know he's had some moments where I've been like, oh, well, you know maybe they've maybe they've been toning him down a little bit. No, not here, not here. There is no toning down. Grandpa is is back in action, full force. Yeah, this episode he's worse than ever. Now, do they include uh, Nanako magazine in the du- in the deep dub? No. Now, in in keeping with with what I said, they change everything about this episode. So this episode does not start with Grandpa being upset because there's no pretty girls around and finding out that he's a newsworthy lech. It starts with Ray being like, "Grandpa, what's this in this magazine saying that you're starting a new workout business?" And so the magazine is actually an ad for his new workout business. So do they show that that double page? Oh, yeah, yeah, it just, yeah. It's the same thing. Where there's like a girl with her skirt <laughs> flying off. I mean, yeah, but it's fast, you know. 
Yeah. I am making a very skeptical face right now. <laughs> I'm right, right? Like, they do show it, right? Um, I thought they'd kind of redrawn the pan, like the photos. Really? Um, All right, let me I check. don't remember seeing, like, this uh, groping shot in the deke. Let me look. No, it's the exact one. In, <laughs> I, it's, it's Grandpa paying for an advertisement of himself flipping up a girl's skirt. Wow. <laughs> or at least okay, looking I up just, it. I guess I just blocked out the photos because the dialogue was so different. Yeah. it's. I mean, again, that, that's the thing. It's, it's, it's pretty fast and it's subtle and you don't because they're not talking about him being a lech, you don't necessarily fully co- comprehend the, the pictures, I think. I mean, it's also not out of the question that that would just be the stock photo of Grandpa Hino. <laughs> like, uh, here he is in his natural habitat. Like, it's not out of line with what we know about him. It is out of line with behavior. Now, <laughs> at this point, Grandpa's like, oh, all teenage girls have been warned off coming here. I must retire as a priest, but not like in shame. Like <laughs> I need to just start a new business. Like I'm getting out of this. And I know next to nothing about the Shinto religion. Literally everything I know about it. I have learned from this show. Yeah. I know almost nothing. I know there are shrines. I know there are Miko. Uh, I know that I don't there even know what that means. are uh, shrine maidens. Oh, okay. <laughs> right. There's one on your screen right now. Yes, yes, yes. I didn't understand that. That's what you were saying. Go ahead. <laughs> I know that uh, Naoko Takeuchi was a, uh, a shrine maiden when she was in high school, and a lot of Ray's experiences uh, in the manga were based on her experiences as a shrine maiden. Uh, poor Naoko Takeuchi. <laughs> uh, but, like, I I do not know anything about the religion. So I am only looking at this as someone familiar with, uh, like, like, Western religions, like your Judeo-Christian religions. And I feel like retiring as a priest is a big deal. <laughs> I don't know if that's the case in, in Shinto. I don't know if that's the case. Like, like, yeah, you can retire as a priest. Like, it is more of a job than a calling. I don't know if that's the case. But it sure does seem to me as a as a uh, American viewer that, like, this seems like it should be a big deal, right? <laughs> I don't like, know. I never got the sense that there was a, hier- a hierarchy. You know what I mean? And, and again, I only know about it from Sailor Moon as well. But from, from watching the show, I never feel like he's part of an institution that grants him the authority he has. I just think he runs this shrine. I mean, well, like Yuichiro certainly certainly seems devoted, right? Like, well, yeah, but that's Yuichiro because shows up to do stuff. That's because it's Gramps' shrine, and Yuichiro wants to do things, and Gramps is like, "Awesome, I'm your master now. You have to listen to me." And now, if he steps down, apparently Ray could do that. <laughs> she could. Be I'm like, gonna go. I want people to study under me. I'm gonna go ahead and say uh, this is like this is not an example of us just being uh, casually dismissive. I want to know, like, please, sure. if you know about, like, because because the Wikipedia page for Shinto is not giving me any idea. Like, there's no part where, where it says, like, if you are a crystal monster, it's OK to just quit being a priest for a couple weeks and then come back later. Like, that is not included on Wikipedia for whatever reason. So please, uh, Sailor Business Podcast at Gmail. Let me know. I would like to know if this is OK. But yes, so Grandpa is going off to start what he der- what he terms a new business. Yeah, and he puts he puts Ray in charge of the temple now, which is also nice. Well, but here's the thing: so we're talking about you know, do you have to earn stuff? I mean, the first thing Ray does when she's in charge of the temple is hire all her friends. They're not even doing this out of kindness. They specifically talk about being paid. Yeah, well, uh, Ami says that she's uh, so glad for the opportunity to practice her business math skills. No, but isn't there a part where they turn to her and they go like? Make sure you pay us well. And she's like, I'm on it. 
I don't know. Maybe I'm forgetting. That's in the deke. That's in the deke. All right, never mind. That yeah. does not count for anything. <laughs> so, so deke. So here's what deke will do. Deke will add seatbelts to car trips and commercialize foreign religion. Oh, oh no! In the deke version, not only are they definitely getting paid in the deke version? I do specifically remember that Amy says they've made enough money in that one day to fund the temple for a year. All right. Well, but in the past we've seen them selling charms like in both sure the uh in both versions like you know the the sailor scouts will occasionally just go work as shrine maidens for a weekend and not like you know when they're short staffed because <laughs> there was that episode where uh jupiter and venus were terrible at selling love charms that's right yes to be honest with you totally honest with you when this episode happened i couldn't remember if that happened earlier or if i was re-remembering this episode <laughs> We really need, like, we need someone, we need an, a Shinto expert to come on and explain it just through the lens of this show. Like, yeah, just what we like, need to know. Like, they'll be yeah, like, like, they'll go I a mean, little further, we'll go, we don't need to know that. <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like we could get I'm the... I'm joking, I'm joking. I feel like we could get the religious aspects pretty easily. Like, we could learn about that pretty easily. It's just these very specific, okay, like, is it okay for people to have part-time jobs? Well, because here's the thing, actually. Because we, we skipped a scene, and the scene we skipped gave me the exact same feeling. I was like, oh, I remember this. And then I was like, oh, I guess I'm remembering this from when I watched it originally, not from happening again, which is the scene where Usagi is studying. She has all of her study books out and Luna's like, oh, I'm so, I'm so proud of her. Look at this. And then she jumps up on the table and finds out Usagi is sleeping on all of her studying stuff. And then we get, uh, <laughs> well, what's the, uh, Chibi gives her a pat down while she sleeps. <laughs> Yes. Uh, Chibi's yeah. frisking her for the silver crystal. Yes. And uh, and then the best part of the episode, maybe not, but it's up there. Uh, Usagi, I was surprised you skipped over it. I wasn't going to bring it up, but I was surprised you skipped over those. Yeah, I, I realized I did and I had to. Chibi, uh, uh, Usagi wakes up, grabs Chibi, puts her over her knee and <laughs> gives her a spanking. And then... And not only that, but then she stands up. Yeah. Like, because she, she remembers that she has to go work at the shrine and she stands up and flings this <laughs> tiny child across the room. Uh, amazing. No sympathy. She's so, she's so happy about it, too. She has the biggest smile while she is, while she is inflicting physical punishment on this, right, on well, this person whose first name is Small. Because she knows she's not allowed to just hit her. So she was waiting for a good excuse. <laughs> So do you, do you think this is do you think this is Usagi laying a trap? Do you think there's malice involved in this? No, no, because I don't think I don't even think she still I still don't think she knows she's looking for the silver crystal, does she? I mean, I guess she said it a couple of times, but they don't seem to care or think about that at all. Yeah, she does say I don't know if it's in this episode or the next episode. Like she does say, "Give me the silver crystal." Yeah, and at no point does Usagi go. Silver crystal? You mean that very important magical moon artifact? <laughs> <laughs> no, they're totally unconcerned with why is she here anymore. They now they just are, want to protect her and spank her. So from there we get to the shrine and business is booming. I assume there was a press release. Th there's no longer a ledge here. <laughs> yeah, like like don't worry, the creep has retired. No, uh, you think so? Why else would it go from being desolate to as packed as it is, as we see in the show? What is it they say? They say, um, with so many lovely shrine maidens, what did you expect, Chris? Yeah, but like, who's going like, <laughs> to... I know, I'm kidding. Who's going to show up? Yeah, no, it's weird. No, no, it is in this one. They say, Ray, pay us well. 
She says, Ray, pay us well, okay? And she goes, yes, yes, I know. <laughs> I can practice my math skills as I work. It's great. So ridiculous. I mean, but like, yeah, every every scene is different in the Deke version. Again, just, just I mean, the same actions happen, so it has to be generally the same. But they just are like, let's not keep a single word of dialogue the same. Right, and they cut out the whole uh, actual contact in the spanking. So Yusagi, like, Puts her grabs over her knee. Chibi. Yeah, and then just drops her. <laughs> <laughs> Because it's much too urgent to rush to the shrine. So then we find we uh, the, after the girls are doing well, uh, a couple of them creep over to Grandpa's new hut that he's starting his business in and peep through the the, the holes in the walls and watch Gramps and Yuichiro doing a kind of amazing and hilarious warm up routine, where they're just like stretching and kicking and punching and it's just fun to watch. It's hilarious. Oh, Jordan, are, are you talking about protection aesthetics? <laughs> Yes, they are doing protectionist aesthetics. It's amazing. It's kind of it's hilarious, right? It's like great. I mean, like what gets me is that there is this is a building at the shrine. Like it is a a part of the shrine, and it's there's like a full on wrestling ring. Yep. In it, like there is a a like a full on raised three ropes turnbuckles wrestling ring. <laughs> Gramps is serious about this business. This is not a fly-by-night venture. Oh, and not and I just got to the shot of Chad after they open the door, where you see that there is a full lighting rig as well above it. Yeah, <laughs> a professional lighting rig. Yes, yes, that's so. You stupid. could have an. I have seen actual pro wrestling events, like in rooms that were not as suited for pro wrestling events as this, as this weird outbuilding at the shrine. Yeah. That's so uh, Grandpa has decided that he, since since pretty girls aren't coming to the shrine anymore, what he is going to do is start an exercise program. Like, he's basically Jedi-ing it, right? Oh, yeah. He's like, Pr- pretty <laughs> girls are, are really into exercise these days. You're exactly right. He's the Jedi of molesters. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. Jordan. Oh, I'm sorry. Lechers. Much better word. So innocent, that old lecherous man. But if I call him a molester when he flips up a girl's skirt, that's terrible. I mean, look, you're not you're not wrong. <laughs> Let's watch our vocabulary, everyone. Sorry. Like, I, I, we're trying to have a fun show. We're trying to have a fun time here, Jordan. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Oh, and, and Ray calls him on it. And he goes, you would take away an old man's reason for living? And she's like, you're just doing this to, to look at pretty girls. And he goes, what's wrong with that? Yeah, and then and then he immediately asks if uh, Usagi and Chibi uh, want to join up for protection aesthetics. And Usagi, to her credit, like runs away and then comes back and grabs Chibi and like picks her up and carries her away, which is a pretty funny gag. Yes, it certainly is. Yuichiro, Yuichiro's going along with this. He's uh, he's the apprentice. He has to. Yuichiro has no like no backbone for that guy. No backbone. Uh, so we, from there we cut to the does the the Black Moon Clan headquarters does it have a name? No, uh, not that I know of. I think eventually we'll learn where it is, but I, as far as I'm aware, it doesn't have a name yet. Uh, maybe it gets one. It's just this weird place of doors hanging in space. Yeah, like well, it's a it's a spaceship because it's like hovering over Tokyo. Well, we haven't even. I don't think we know that yet. Well, no, because we see that in the in the first time, the first episode where they show up, we see an exterior shot of their whatever they're in, whether it's a spaceship or, or just a floating building or something floating over Tokyo. We see that. Do we? Okay. But yeah, inside it's like a weird 
other dimension. Yeah. It's just like mirrors and this conference table. Wait, are they in a TARDIS? In a void. Are they in a TARDIS? No, that's a that's a perilously close to a crossover question, Jordan. <laughs> so uh Rubius uh explains that they found a new crystal point uh that they're gonna go try and take over. Was it last week that we we had the theory uh, when we were talking to Cassidy yeah. about uh, how the crystal points are just things Usagi likes? Yeah. Like, which makes perfect sense since she's the, you know, eternal monarch of Crystal Tokyo. That the crystal points so far have been like an ice cream shop. And uh, what, was, what was the first one? A makeup store. Yes. Makeup, ice cream. And then now it's the shrine where she always hangs out. Yeah. So the theory holds up. Yeah, that's a that's actually an amazing theory. Like that explains a lot. We'll see, we'll see if if it starts to break down, but so far so good. Yeah. So uh it's specifically it's not just the Hikawa shrine, it's specifically the building with the wrestling ring in it. Uh Which when they show when they show it from a distance, it doesn't look big enough. No, it looks really small, <laughs> right? Like it doesn't like I see that and I see okay, there's the shape and size of the doors. How can there be a full wrestling ring in there without like a tiny walk space around it? You know what I mean? Like when when we're in it, it looks huge. It looks gigantic. It looks like, well, like it's got high ceilings. Bigger it's got ceilings high enough to do a flying elbow drop off the top turnbuckle, <laughs> as we will see later. So uh, Rubius has decided to send Cohen uh, after getting a few episodes of Bertier. Uh, we are back to Catsy except, in the house. Except then they go, why do you always give her the missions? And he's like, oh, I'm sorry. But it's like you I don't. I gave I gave them to you last time. Do you not remember? I guess that is true. I hadn't <laughs> thought about that. He should be like, what? You guys are being jerks. Shut up. Yeah, if, if only the Black Moon Clan would be like, you guys are being jerks. <laughs> Shut up. I mean, that's most of their dialogue, right? <laughs> so down on the street, Grandpa is unsuccessfully trying to hand out uh, flyers. Known creep. Known magazine profile creep Grandpa. Grandpa Hino is trying to hand out flyers, and it's not working. But, tell you what is working, is the handsome face of uh, Chad Yuichiro. Wait, for, uh, but first, I do want to point out that first, Gramps does show that he has, he's not the lowest of the low. He has a limit. He has a limit. Because Chibi shows up and says, I want to join your class. And he's like, that's not what I'm looking for. So, good. Good on you, Gramps. That's a very low bar. <laughs> yes, it's a very yeah. low bar. That's the only, that's as good as he gets in this episode, though. <laughs> Just casually stepping over the bar. Oh, also, uh, but also you get the amazing uh, fantasy sequence of <laughs> Chibiusa spanking Yusagi. Yeah, because Chibiusa wants to grow, like, she wants to be strong enough to beat up her future mother. Yes. This is a weird, <laughs> weird cartoon. I think I'm only just now realizing it, 63 episodes in. This is a weird <laughs> show. <laughs> So the last episode was uh, Chibi like skulking around Amy's apartment with those creepy close-ups, right? Yeah. And now she has no strategy for getting the silver crystal. Like she's no she's just off frisking, her game. yeah, just yeah. just random sleep frisking. Um, yeah, she. But now, but now, hey, look, she's right. If she can get strong enough to beat them up, she'll have no problem. Yeah, it's worked out so well for everyone else. Also, can we talk about the message that I learned from this scene, which is that. Girls uh, are shallow. We have a whole segment about that. That what we learned. Yeah, Jordan, I know, but we need to, to save it. I need to pre-discuss it here, because it seems like the message is girls are shallow, and they will do a class with a good-looking man and not a class with an old, ugly guy. That is how the decision is made. I mean, to be fair, <laughs> please. I feel like if you like, 
there's a problem in this show where it's difficult to tell who is meant to be attractive. <laughs> it's not difficult between Yuichiro and Gramps. No, not between Yuichiro and Grandpa. But I think like we're supposed to believe that Yuichiro is really good looking. Like I think like I think he is supposed to be as good looking as Memoru. As, you know, as good looking as as Motoki, but I, you know he's got like the the long hair, mm-hmm. and he's got the you know he, he's very you know he's a, he's a rock star. He's cool. cool. So I think it is reasonable for a bunch of ladies to see really handsome, good looking guy and be like, "Yes, I will take that guy's exercise class." And then show up, and there's this weird two foot tall, bald, <laughs> uh, gigant like this guy has huge eyebrows, and he is like clearly just trying to like like he he is making grabby fingers and gruel and drooling at everyone. Yeah, you, Ichiro has uh, two points over Gramps. Uh, in addition to the attractiveness, uh, I'd say because he looks like he can actually probably do a bit more fitness, uh, but also he was not just written up as a notable shrine pervert, so. (laughs) Notable shrine pervert might be the uh, name of this episode. I mean, I guess that, but that implies, like, okay, I guess the missing piece to to that version, though, is that the inherent desire of all women to do exercise classes, they're just looking for the right opportunity to present itself, which I guess is possible. I mean, it's Tokyo's a big city, so there you go. It doesn't yeah. have to be everyone. Think about, think about how many people are in Tokyo. There's, what, like, you know, 15 people <laughs> signing up for uh, protection aesthetics? I think more than that. Seems but reasonable. Sure. Late that night. See, and the other thing that's funny is Chad doesn't show up with a list of people who have signed up. <laughs> he no, shows up with... <laughs> The women he shows themselves. up with a crowd, which would make you, which leads you to believe, oh, the class must be starting now. Nope, because then you cut to that night. <laughs> so he he gathers up a group of women and then says, "Cool, see you tomorrow. Bye. <laughs> I'm going to bed." That night, Katsy flies in through the roof somehow. <laughs> and the- we should say for for new viewers or new listeners. Uh, Katzi is the uh, American name of Cohen. I know that we use a lot of names interchangeably. Oh yeah, but sorry. the Black Moon, the Black Moon Clan gets a little a little complicated because some of them are easy. Birdie and 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 Berthier. Uh Katzi is Cohen, yes. uh, and I, I think I, I honestly think Katzi is a better name. It is, and she's got giant cat ears. She's got giant cat ears. <laughs> I mean, there it's actually her hair, but it's her hair doing cat ears. So she flies in through the roof. And then proceeds to do, I mean, as we described last time, talking about the way you get these crystal points, she just basically imbues the ring with with bad mojo. She makes the ring angry (laughs) so that at the appropriate time, people will be in the ring and it will just make them unhappy. Yeah, sort of. (laughs) Yeah, basically, right? Like, she gives it lots of negative energy and then later people will be in it and feel the negative energy. I would say that what people... Are, are feeling in the ring is that they're getting beaten up. No, but then it makes them want to beat other people up too. Okay. She had turned the ropes into barbed wire because I feel like that would have been perfect for the vibe she's sending out right now. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, in the English dub, she says, "We're gonna. I'm gonna make this my very own temple of doom." That's that's taken. <laughs> So the next day, a bunch of ladies have shown up for protection aesthetics, wearing their elaborate workout leotards that uh, everyone has. Anytime exercise is mentioned on the show, like everyone has their their workout clothes. And it's great because it's a pan across this crowd and there's someone in front with a big frown 
and a more elaborate leotard than anyone else is wearing that has a heart cut out. So you're like, okay, that's a monster. Wait, Chris, you you skipped two of the cutest things in the world. Okay, do you want to do you want to back us up, Jordan? I have to, because first okay. of all, you skipped you skipped the scene where it's the same scene in both versions where Ray is angrily cleaning because she's by herself and, and doesn't have anyone to help. And uh, Yusagi comes over to basically tease her about being jealous about Yuichiro because she's she is. She's jealous that Yuichiro is with a bunch of other young women. And the teasing face is adorable. And then to double the adorableness, Luna comes in with this uh, fucking shit-eating grin going like, ha ha, you're jealous. And it is the best thing in the universe. Number one. Number two. <laughs> This is the scene in the Deke version that has my favorite lines in the Deke version, which is Ray going, are you trying to be annoying? And Yusagi going, not particularly. <laughs> the best. All right. That's, I'm glad that we got both of those important things out. They are very important. Look, this is, if, if, if nothing else, we are a thorough, thorough chronicling you, you of the have, events of Sailor Moon. You have to get your joy from these episodes where you can sometimes. <laughs> because this is not the best episode. So we giant pan across heart, the cut out heart. You're right. Yeah, we pan across the crowd. Someone is like very clearly like this person's going to be important. But then even better, behind her is Katzi in like like first of all showing up for her workout with a giant jewel on her forehead, <laughs> like a massive purple gem stuck to her forehead. Her hair in in cat ears and. Her leotard has epaulets. Yeah, yeah, a little bit, a little bit. It is, it is an extremely intense look for someone's uh, first, I guess, uh, fitness martial arts class. How do you think that jewel is on there? You think she actually like spirit gummed a jewel to her head? Like that doesn't seem right. I feel like they, like I feel like it's just there, right? Like in the way that Luna has a a, oh, you think it's spot? You think it's part of her body? What if that's what everybody thinks? What if everybody's like, yeah, what a weird, uh, what a weird hexagon shaped bald spot on that pretty lady's head. <laughs> Do you have a theory? Magic. Magic. I mean, Good enough. that's probably the that's real all answer. I got. That's, that's it. That's, I mean, look, that's the real explanation. Chris, wait, Chris. They start up. Yes. Uh, the, so the, the monster, quote unquote, mm-hmm. is yeah. uh, called Dumble. Dumble. Yeah. In this episode. Do you want to love the Deke episode? Uh, Yes. Ask me what they call her, this giant, super powerful wrestling woman in the Deke version. Oh, this is okay. amazing. I, I mean, I will say there is a reason for her name that I'll get to in a minute, but uh, in, in Japanese. Uh, but Jordan, what is the monster's name in English? Well, actually, let's, let's, let me try this. Chris, if you were going to name a giant, super strong wrestling woman right now, what would you name her? Makoto. Try again. You're not you. You're, uh, you're, you're culture. I'm culture. Yes, I'm culture. Yeah, don't be yourself. Be in charge of culture. Uh, I don't know, Jordan. I don't. I don't know. Like, just I don't know. How about Rhonda? <laughs> is her name Rhonda? Her name is Rhonda. Wow, prescient. <laughs> Isn't that great? <laughs> now I will. Get, I will get. There is a reason for the name. It, it's another. It's another double language pun later on. But I'll, I'll. I'll wait for the reveal to get to it. Okay. They start up the protection aesthetics class and immediately. Class has not started yet. No. No one has warmed up. No. Everyone's just sitting around. The first thing that happens in this class is that the instructor is challenged for dominance. <laughs> oh, that's not the first thing, though. 
Well, yeah, go ahead. So first we have the extremely well-lit entrance of Gramps <laughs> and Yichiro. Uh, and then he walks down a line of women while gloating about how this is everything that he ever wanted. <laughs> <laughs> he gets high fives from them all. Yeah, so many high fives. Then the challenge. And the class. So, uh, so Cassie's like, oh, you should, you should let me teach the class because I have so much martial arts experience. And Grandpa's like, yeah, sounds good. You are hot. So then Katsy tells Dumble to do a demonstration. And we have talked about the show before and how all of the violence in this show is very fantasy violence. It's oh, yeah. all tiaras turning into boomerangs and girls shooting lasers out of their hands. Like even when it's something that is understandably dangerous, like like fire or lightning or I mean, the most dangerous thing of all, of course, is bubbles. Ugh. It's it, like it doesn't seem very violent. And then occasionally you'll get a show where like, where like Nephrite punches a monster and you're like, oh shit. <laughs> like it's super violent. This one, a monster is just like Stan Hansen lariats, this poor crying woman into the ring. And it is vicious. It is and, horrifying. And as far as you can tell, she spends basically like five minutes just beating the shit out of one woman it's not even one like poor lady it's not yeah it's not even like she's like well I, I trashed her in one second now who's next she just keeps getting back up and she's like all right let's do it again boom yeah <laughs> and meanwhile like Katzi's at the at ringside going like no it's fine this is protection aesthetics and it's like really creepy and scary like yeah like the violence in this episode is violent i mean again there's no blood thankfully <laughs> No, there, there's no blood, but there's a lot. There's a lot of impact. Yes, so much so that it scares Chibiusa away from uh, from learning any protection aesthetics. Why did they give her a glamour shot? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Chibiusa comes up in her in her workout tights, and they give her a glamour shot, and it's like, what are you doing, show? What yeah, is what, this? What are you doing here, Sailor Moon? What are you doing here, friend? Ah. <laughs> <sighs> Anyway, well, to be to be fair, they give her that they give her that shot, and then it cuts back to Usagi and Ray, who are who have like the sweat drops. So is it a like, parody? The effect of being, I think it is. I think it's them being like, "Why are you posing? Like, why you like why are you posing?" But yeah, it, it's a weird it's a weird sight gag. <laughs> so this this girl just keeps getting slammed into the into the floor every two seconds, kicked in the face, and then kicked out of the ring, and then Gramps helps her by like letting her fall to the floor <laughs> yeah it's 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 brutal also it's worth noting that katsy is like a half a head taller than anyone else in the room sure except for grandpa who she is significantly taller than i mean again this is one of those episodes that you you have grandpa next to people a lot and it's just like what <laughs> what is going on how is he real like there i think later in the episode like katsy is like talking to him and she has to be like kneeling to have her face near his face yeah it's ridiculous. So then Yuichiro shows up and he goes, hey, stop this nonsense. I'm the instructor here. And uh, and Grandpa is forced to choose between loyal, devoted, hardworking Yuichiro, who has followed his orders without question, who swung from trees with him, and Katsy, who he just met, but who is very attractive. So you can guess how that goes. Like, it's very easy to determine. Like, it's a long scene with no suspense. Well, and it's great, though, too, because Ray is calling him out for he's, he keeps she keeps being like, 
Why are you even thinking? This is ridiculous. There shouldn't even be a decision. What are you doing? And Katsy's like, no, man, it's up to you. Think about it. Whatever you want. I do like how Gramps lays out his two options. Like he's like in an asthma robot story where he's like, if I pick him, she'll be mad. If I pick her, he'll be mad. Can't harm human feelings. What do I do? <laughs> <laughs> just, just weighing it out. Yeah. And uh, very conflicted. This is another example too of the, the, the Deke dub just being weird because there, there's nothing so far in the Deke dub that says they couldn't just do that scene as it was. Clearly she is taking over and clearly Chad used to be the instructor. That would have been no problem. But they don't do that. Instead, they make it this weird thing of Gramps, that the girls, uh, that Katsy and, and Rhonda are saying that Gramps should fight them too. They're telling Gramps, get in the ring and fight us. And Rei and Yuichiro and, and Yusagi are standing there going, that's crazy. You'll get hurt. You're an old man. The doctor says to take it calm, to make, to like, to like not work so hard. Don't fight them. That, but, but even though, again, the art's the same, so clearly he only does what he does because he's falling for her. He has the giant hearts in his eyes. But instead he goes like, I choose the ring, so he's going to go in the ring and fight them. A thing we never see. <laughs> <laughs> um, when I was watching the original, so when he does choose Cohen, uh, his finger slowly raises before it points to her, and I was mm -hmm. like, I'm getting some vibes off this finger. This finger's getting a little erect oh. i wasn't sure if it was just me deke they crop out like all of his hand <laughs> so if it, it's not just me <laughs> now here here is my question usagi's met cohen usagi's seen her in her in her yeah regular costume yeah yeah well okay if cohen is in disguise this is not a good disguise well this is but like so Again, Yusagi, she's she, seen Sailor Moon, and it's not Jordan, like Yusagi's in a good disguise. I'm real close up on my mic right now because I want to make sure you understand this. Okay, let's hear it. She has a giant purple jewel <laughs> on her forehead. There's only one other girl who has Odongos and pigtails like her, and she's tiny oh. and pink. So, Oh, I know. I know. Ooh, ooh. Also, I'm at the shot where you see Katzi kneeling behind Gramps, and... In order to have her head at the level of his head, she is kneeling and hunching over. She's sitting on her heels. Yeah, she's sitting on her heels, and but and is sort of like ducked down a little bit. Like it's ridiculous. It's a good, it's a good stretch for your knees and thighs. Katsy's <laughs> warming up. So that's our act break, by the way, is Grandpa choosing Katsy uh, to run his protection aesthetics school, which is weird. Like, why is it called protection aesthetics? Well, because they say it's a combination of a martial arts workout and a fitness, uh, you know, looking good workout. I feel like that's a, I feel like protection aesthetics has to be like a, a pun in Japanese that uh, just isn't carrying over. You know what? I saw it, it's called, it, that's not what it was called in the original version, um, according to Wikimoon. It was called Protect Este, Este, maybe. So it was like shortened version of that. Um, and it seems like for this one, they they lengthened it out so that we would understand it a little better. Okay. Not that it makes a ton of sense either way. <laughs> so, okay. Like I said, that's our act break. Katsy has taken over the protection of city, the martial arts school, right? The dojo. Katsy's in charge of the dojo. She's literally getting a monster to beat on normal people to use their negative emotions <laughs> to fuel her conquest of the future. Well, so far, mostly just one person. <laughs> Mostly just one person, but you know, uh, the girls are there. The the, the scouts are uh -huh. there. Yep. They're on the scene. Yep. So when we come back from the break, they they're just like like they're just back in the in the shrine. <laughs> they're like, yeah, we left. 
I mean, yeah, they weren't even wearing their their Shrine Maiden stuff a minute ago, and now they are. So, like, they didn't even yeah. just walk out and go, oh, let's take a tea break. Like, Yusagi walked out, put on her Shrine stuff, and was like, I've got other things to do. <laughs> yeah, like, it's like, oh, well, it's, I guess it's work time. And so they go back, and uh, this is where I wrote Shut Up Math Book. Uh-oh. Because they're like, yeah, I can't believe uh, Grandpa chose that lady that we've seen before uh, to run his martial arts class. This is a big problem. And Ami goes, goes, sometimes big problems take a while to solve, and it's worth it. This math problem took me three hours. And uh, and I'm like, like, I love Ami so much, you guys. But- I love Ami. But this is this is another of those weird places. Uh, you mentioned it before the show. Do you want to tell them about it? Yeah, so you're calling her math book because Amy's, like, sole thing sometimes, the only aspect of her character expressed in some episodes is that she is good at math. And in the deep dub, they have her say that Gramps is great because he's helping her get through Trig. <laughs> Taking away Amy's <laughs> like, one defining attribute. I mean, because again, they, they looked at this scene and were like, well, we threw out all the dialogue. Who gives a fuck what they were saying? But Amy's pointing to a math book, so she's got to be talking about math in some capacity. And so she's reassuring Ray, hey, he's smart. He's helping me through trig. Amy does not need tutoring. <laughs> it turns out Amy does. Amy Anderson does. Amy Anderson needs tutoring. Ami Mizuno does not. <laughs> Ami Mizuno, number one, national practice test. Uh, Amy Anderson, who knows? 1,400 on the SAT, who knows? What? Oh, man. And also, this scene is adorable because it has Yusagi eating cookies or something. Pastries? I'm looking real. They're clearly think- very tasty. They're buns of some kind, I think. Yeah, and she, like, in the the beginning of the scene, before the math book thing, she, like, her eyes light up, giant stars in them, and she goes, like, I'm like Cookie Monster style, and is eating them adorably. <laughs> Just, like, smack, like, crushing them into her face, Cookie <laughs> yes. Monster style? Yeah. Did you not notice this? No. It's right at the beginning of the scene. You've got to go back. Okay, I got, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I gotta see this. It's while Ray and the girls are talking, and Yusagi is not the focus of the shot. I was distracted by whether I am, whether I'm, I'd want Ami to have a terrible one note personality like, like she does. Oh, yep. There she is. She is. Isn't that great? (laughs) Or if it would be worse if she was like Minako and had a no personality. We'll get there. We'll get there. I'm telling you. Eventually. One hopes. Eventually. All right. So, so she did notice something about Katsy. She was like, uh, you know, that instructor seems strange but then ray is so busy trying yeah, to she's pre- got a giant <laughs> tool on her forehead and cat ears um but ray is so busy trying to act like it doesn't bother her that she burns herself on the tea water and uh, then has to clean it up angrily yeah meanwhile dumble is kicking ass so tell us about dumble okay so is this is this the part where dumble uh transforms into her uh into her monster form oh okay in a minute no i didn't realize that's what okay. you're waiting for okay that's that's what we're, that's what we're going that's so, what we're waiting on so dumble's kicking ass same Still girl. The same girl. Same girl. Still the same girl. But then Katsy's like, all right, free for all. And everybody gets mad and everybody starts destroying everybody else. Except that really there's just one shot of everyone fighting that doesn't move at all and they just shake in front of the camera. <laughs> and, and what's great is that it has become full on pro wrestling. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah. Like there's German suplex, there's bridging German suplexes involved. There's lariats, there's super kicks, there's uh, Boston crabs. I have uh, no idea great. what any of these things are, <laughs> but I'll take your word for it. Well, Jordan, it's pick a name for all the moves you see in this episode and you've got a pretty good chance of being right. Okay. And meanwhile, Rhonda's beating everybody up. And at this point, Gramps goes, ladies, this isn't what this is about. You should stop. And they all turn on him. And then Gramps gets to be amazing and he kicks every woman's ass in one second. I assume by the time this episode airs, uh, we will have just seen Gramps win the Royal Rumble. That's my bet. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I mean, first of all, it's a little surprising that they allow a man to hit women in the show, but he hits all the women and knocks them all down and out. Compared to the rest of the violence in this episode, it's like very like... It, like, it feels like very, like, pressure pointy. You oh, know? yeah. Like, okay, everybody go sleep now. Right. No, no, you're right. Because they, the, the, the violence they're doing elsewhere is all brute force. And his is clearly, like, that kind of magical martial arts amazingness where it's like, I will hit everyone one time each and that will destroy each of them and put them completely unconscious. Right. Then so she Katzi, is like, oh, you are indeed a master. But, but guess what? Dumble's actually a monster. So Dumble transforms. Uh, now, Siobhan, you said uh, before we started recording that in addition to just recently getting into Sailor Moon, you've also just recently gotten into pro wrestling. Yes. Oh, my. Uh, I'm uh, currently wearing a shirt that says do it with flair. So just wanted to establish my. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> you, you, are a, you are wearing a Charlotte shirt. I am wearing a Charlotte shirt. Yeah. So pro wrestling is another thing that I had basically no exposure to as a child and now that I'm almost 30, I'm like, yeah, I should start watching this. <laughs> Listen, I, I'm happy for you, but also this is a dangerous path to walk down. Oh, I know. <laughs> now, uh, I asked this question not as a not as a, a gatekeeper question, uh, not as a, like, you know, oh, you've, you've only gotten into it recently. That's not what I'm doing. But I am curious as to whether, uh, have you gone back and watched any uh, Japanese women's wrestling? Um, So I've only seen one women's match for Japanese wrestling, uh, which was recommended on another podcast, uh, Intuit. Uh, That's a good one. Yeah. And so it was a electrified barbed wire death match. What? Yeah. uh, Is that a thing? Yes. yes. Wait, first of all, electrified barbed wire. Gotcha. They don't mean death. (laughs) No. I did have to look uh, that up. They do not fight to the death. A death match in, in pro wrestling is a match that uh, uh, is generally no disqualification, so weapons can be involved. And uh, rather than just ending with a pin, it ends with a knockout. Okay. Uh, yeah, so the match was uh, Combat Toyota versus Meguri Kudo. It's like 30 minutes. It was fucking amazing. Yes, that is. I, I know the match you're talking about, and it is awesome. <laughs> wow. Uh, so... The reason I ask is because Dumble, like I said, is a cross-language pun. Obviously, the the main pun here is uh, Dumbbell, because she's strong. It's an exercise-themed episode. But when she transforms, uh, I was watching this with uh, Aiden last night, and when she transforms, we both pointed at the screen and said, it's Bulnacano. Yes. Uh, Because, Jordan, I'm going to send you a picture. This is Bulnacano, a very famous Japanese women's wrestler. Oh, yeah, that's clearly yeah. what they're referencing there. And I got, like, so excited because I had forgotten that happened. But yes, our monster this week, Dumble, is uh, based on Bull Nakano, who is, as a pro wrestler, was very, very strong 
and very, very resistant to damage. Nice. So that's that was very exciting for me to see that show up. Does that made me like this episode even more than I already did, which was quite a bit, uh, at least the wrestling parts, not the lech. Parts. Everything else. No <laughs> wrestling parts. I am in too. OK, well, then, yeah, you, I mean, you're absolutely right. 100 percent undeniable. That is what yeah. they are referencing. Dumble takes down Grandpa and then Katsy's like, yeah, give him the elbow drop. So Dumble goes up the top rope, comes down hard, Macho Man style. But wait, hold elbow. on, hold on. We don't see Dumble take down Grandpa. Uh, we, we see Grandpa hit the ropes and then he is mysteriously on the ground. That is true. Like, it's so weird. I was like, wait, how is she jumping down at him on the ground? We didn't see him get hurt yet. Okay. All right. Anyway, yes, you're uh, right. she's doing the elbow yes. drop. She comes on the elbow. Ray slides into the ring, pushes Grandpa out of the way, and uh, takes the elbow. Uh, how she sacrifices her, leg, her own body. How is her leg not broken? How is her leg not broken? Because in addition to, like, having the elbow dropped on it, Dumble's wearing spikes. Yeah. Dumble has, like, spikes on her elbows. It looks like, I honestly was like, that broke her leg. And then she, like, stands up and walks around and it's like, okay, well, I guess not. Well, I mean, like, Ray, like, again, this episode turns violent. Here at the end, like Ray is going to get physically attacked quite a bit in a minute. She takes a spin kick. Mm-hmm. She also pushes Grandpa out of the way of a spin kick and gets spin kicked in the back of a head or back of her head. And then Dumble comes over and just starts stomping a mud hole into uh, Ray's back. Th- this was a little bit too much for the Deke sensors. I mean, I can understand why they they. It's clear that she's stomping on her back in the Deke version, but you don't see her foot impacting on the back the way you do in the real version which is very like very uh explicit they're like you see it it looks painful yeah it, it does and it's like it's very it's it's intense is what it is oh, she takes like five stomps to the back i think um and my boyfriend was walking by while i was watching this um and then gramps is saying oh i didn't know you cared so much um so i had to like pause and ask my boyfriend if he would take five stomps in the back from a pro wrestler for me. Um, he did say that Ray looks like her positioning is very good. She's braced on all fours. She's dispersing the, some of the momentum into the rope. So uh, he said he would give it a try. All right. That's, yeah. de- that's devoted. But, yeah, but uh, it, does, it does look harsh. You think, you think Aiden would do that for you, Chris? No. <laughs> Under no circumstances. <laughs> Hang on a second. She, she's in the living room, but let me uh, let me let me text her. She can probably hear me right now, but let me uh, let me text her real quick. <laughs> My dearest darling, would you take five stomps from Bull Nakano for me? Let's see. I will update you on her response. Okay. As the show goes on, uh, but yeah, like it is. It, it is some weirdly intense physical. Show. So uh, around that time, Usagi peeks around the corner and sees her friend getting her, her ass beat and uh, transforms into Sailor Moon. Yeah. Uh, we also see Dumble's special attack, which is the Dumble Lariat, which is not a Lariat. Uh, she's just shooting lasers out of her uh, out of her arms. So, yeah, uh, Usagi shows up. We get a, a moon crystal power makeup transformation sequence. Moon uh, star power. Oh, is it moon star power? In yes. the, the subtitles, it just says moon crystal power. Really? Oh, well then yeah. they must be lying in the deep dub. They must be confused. I mean, we're going to get we're going to get Mars star power in a minute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. And Sailor Moon does something we've never seen her do before. She throws her cutie moon rod 
like super spinning style and it like smacks into them. Something we've never seen before and I don't think we ever will see again. I might be mistaken. And it, it works boomerang style because it like goes around corners and comes back to her. Yeah, like I have been waiting for her to like clobber somebody with that rod. Sure, it's big and powerful. And it has a, like a thing on the end. Yeah, like, it's like weighted on one end. Yeah, it, lo- it looks like it would work like a mace. Yes. So I'm glad that finally happened, even though it happens in the form of her throwing it like a spinning boomerang attack. So, yeah, we also see Cohen going for a finisher. That's what the moon rod interrupts. No rules in protection aesthetics. Protection, protection aesthetics is no DQ. People can use weapons and interfere. <laughs> now, here's where it gets a little weird again, because Sailor Moon, as we all know, likes to tell people what they've done wrong to be punished. Uh-huh. Why uh-huh. they're being punished. Yes. Okay. What Katsy and Dumbbell have done is they have crushed a slightly lecherous old man's reason for living. <laughs> slightly lecherous. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? What does that even mean? Yeah, not beating the crap out of that poor girl in red. <laughs> it's just yeah. like savage. <laughs> yeah, she could have come in with you have, you know, yeah, you have driven a bunch of people crazy and made them hurt each other. No, you have crushed a slightly like. So does that mean in Sailor Moon's mind, the perfect outcome of this would have been, yes, Gramp gets to Gramps gets to ledge on women and continues his class. No problems there. I guess. <laughs> I, I I think so. <laughs> that was no, she, what she would have preferred. That the, the poor lady in uh, the poor lady in red just just Gatsy went into business for herself and uh, yeah, there's no concern about her. Nope. So she gives this big speech about crushing a slightly lecherous old man's dreams, and then Gatsy just like is reapplying her makeup. Like what? I'm sorry. Did you say something? Yep. <laughs> and we get Usagi doing a. Uh, what is called a plots, a, uh, a, a a flop. Yep. While in her, I'll punish you pose, which is great, which is uh, fantastic. I love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I had to watch four episodes in one night to prep for being on here, and it's probably not a coincidence that the next day I put on mascara to go to work for basically the first time ever. <laughs> it's, it's all from watching. <laughs> the Dark Moon Clan is brainwashing you. She just makes it look so classy. It's true. Wait, uh, wait, hold on, hold on. But isn't there some sort of insult about mascara coming up that I should know? I don't remember it well enough to insult you. I'm sorry. <laughs> yes. Uh, it's, in the, it's in the next episode. The next episode. It's the start of the next episode. <laughs> tune, in, tune in next week for mascara insults, everybody. <laughs> so anyway, Katsy uh, instructs Dumble to kick the butt of Sailor Moon, and she shoots more lasery power energy something or other. But guess what, guys? Guess what? Speaking of objects doing things we've never seen them do before, a rose comes in, and not only does a rose come in, it operates as a fan <laughs> and spins really quickly and disperses the monster's energy. Yeah, why not? Why would that <laughs> not happen? But then, Chris, you must have been excited at least to see Tuxedo Mask use some actual physical violence. He, yeah. He kicks. He actually kicks someone. Look, look, Mamoru, uh, who doesn't care about Asagi, is my favorite Mamoru. <laughs> Memory who's like, no, I shouldn't be dating you. Let me do jump kicks instead. That's that's the memory I'm here for. So he he actually kicks the monster so hard that it stuns it enough that she can do her halation. Oh, can we go back for a second? Oh yeah. So you know, I said before, like the the age gap skews me out a little bit. Uh, you know, it's it's better in the manga because it's it's a much much narrower. Um, yeah. But like generally, I'm 
I'm pretty okay with tuxedo mask, uh, but his line here after he throws the rose, uh, I hate it. What was Training it again? to be strong is good, but I hope you do not lose your gracefulness. Aww. <laughs> oh. Oh, that's so gross. Well, women, women must be strong and beautiful. According to right. the title of this episode and to Tuxedo Mask. Maybe, maybe, maybe it's more like, oh, women must be strong and beautiful. Like, it's just realizing it. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, oh, that must be, that must be Jordan. Yes, exactly. Like, oh, women must be strong and beautiful. I got it. <laughs> exactly. That is what it, maybe that's what it means. That's Give it nice a lot version. of credit. <laughs> a lot of credit to Silly Moon episode titles. <laughs> Uh, so yes uh halation happens dumble is uh turned to dust and her championship belt dissolves which i i feel like like usagi should have claimed that championship belt oh yeah at that point <laughs> like that should be part of usagi's outfit now and if anybody wants to i mean look i'm not saying i'm just saying it's been a while since we've had a little fan art so <laughs> if anybody wants to draw usagi holding up this title belt uh john cena style like, please, feel free. No no pressure. Feel free. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> oh, I'll tell you all about, like, when we start our side podcast, which is me explaining John Cena to you, Jordan. Yeah. yeah. It'll be great. Katsy's still there, though. And so Katsy and, uh, and Ustagi start scrapping a little bit. And Ray is so mad about uh, Grandpa getting hurt that she uses her Mars star power uh, to turn into Sailor Mars. And debut her new special technique. Now, I have a Mars Star Power note. It's a really dumb one. Are you ready for this? Uh, I am ready for your dumbest notes. Here we go. So she yells out Mars Star Power make up. But the transformation doesn't wait for her to finish to start doing it, you know? So, like, when she yells out Mars Star Power, it, like, does her nails. So I'm like, can she just yell out Mars Star Power and get her nails done and be like, that's it. <laughs> just wanted nice nails. I, I think she's probably like, I think, I think the transformation knows what's happening. <laughs> you sure? All right. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> okay. Ray's new special technique from the title of the episode is uh, her third attack. We've had, uh, we've had Fire Soul. We've had Fire Soul Bird, the upgrade in the Doom Tree Saga, which, by the way, it's weird that they all got power upgrades in the Doomtree Saga and then immediately got power upgrades after the Doomtree Saga, right? Yeah, because they didn't really get that much chance to use them. Yeah, because like we like I don't feel like we've seen Fire Soul Bird twice. I think we've seen it once. No, I think we saw it twice. I do not feel like we've seen Jupiter Thunder Dragon uh, or Bubble Spray Freezing more. Like I, I feel like maybe twice. Yeah, I think I think maybe we saw them all twice, but that's it. So like, really, what's the point? Like what is the what is the point? To give them an arsenal. Balance? Arsenal. They get a choice now. I guess. I get but they it's not a choice. Why would you never why would you not use your strongest one? Like uh, well, Chris, warning. that's a great question. Why why does Rita Repulsa send the little thing when she could just send a giant thing? Jordan? <laughs> why do you attack? I know, attack? I know, that, I why know do you, that Jake's angry right now. I know that Jake's angry. Right why do you now, attack with separated zords when you could have a megazord? Because you can't escalate a battle, Jordan. It's one of the three rules. Shaking my head. <laughs> anyway, the new power, Burning Mandala, uh, which is pretty cool, to be honest. Uh, like, at least in the setup is pretty cool. Uh, until it turns into just her shooting out Sonic the Hedgehog rings. No, but they have, like, weird. they have, like, uh, 
writing on them and stuff, don't they? No, but then it then it turns into just five golden rings <laughs> shooting out from her hands. Yeah, you're right. Uh, it's called yeah. in in Deke, It's called Mars Celestial Fire Surround. That's very complicated. Yes, it's a long one. Oh, but I want to talk about her getting this power. Okay. Um, because Chris, you might think I just have too much Star Wars on the brain. I wonder why. But she does it by embracing the dark side. <laughs> Like, tell me I'm wrong. She sits there and, like, fully feels her anger and, like, channels all of her rage into a new, into a new, more powerful attack. I just want to mention that. How dare you do that to Grandpa? Well, I mean, like, look, Sailor Mars is, a uh, she is passionate and warlike. In the, uh, in the Deke dub, she does it, she, she does it by praying to grandpa like as though he is dead even though he is not she's like gramps give me the strength <laughs> it's like what he's he's lying unconscious on the floor over there what are you doing that would explain <laughs> why it burns Katzi's skirt off <laughs> <laughs> so weird it does so, it, it uh, catches her tutu aflame is that a tutu? Uh, it looks like a, a weird poofy tutu. Kinda. Like a I mean, hair like, tutu. As we've as we've said before, like that dress is based on uh, I, you, you've told me about this, but I've never actually seen it. Do you have a link? I do. Let, let me look it up real quick. Somebody did a really good comparison on Tumblr of the actual like fashion show where you know there were models wearing Cohen's outfit and uh Pitts's outfit and I cannot find it now. And this is before they appeared, right? We're talking about... Yeah, the, these are what they're... Based on. Like, what they were based on. I mean, I really want to see this person with cat ears hair. Oh, it's... You will be surprised at how exactly it looks like uh, Cohen. Now I'm really excited. You better find this. <laughs> you can't, you're oh, not allowed to not find it. <gasps> Did you find it? I, well, I just found, I think, the one image of the person who is Catsy is based on. Cohen. Okay. Let me see if I can if it shows the entire thing. Oh my god, it is exact. Yeah, yeah. Like you should. Uh, oh yeah, my god, there, there we go. Yeah, it is exactly Katzi's look. And then there's uh, Avery. In my mind, I don't remember what her real name is, but it doesn't have it doesn't have the rest of them. It, it doesn't have Birdie and um, what I'm looking at. Oh wow! <laughs> right? Isn't that crazy? Yeah, I mean it's. And the one black. I the one I found is a is a is a animated gif. So let me let me send that. Here's a link to the Katzi outfit, which I think is set to Sailor Moon music. And even the Princess Serenity dress is on there. Yeah, that didn't really no. stand out to me as a high fashion thing, but, huh. but there it is. Yeah. Now, as I understand it, like all of the like the designs for the characters were taken from that fashion show. If I do have that backwards, and it is a fashion show inspired by Sailor Moon then please let me know. Again, like, I do not mind clarifying in future episodes. Uh, it looks like on the Tumblr post, someone's added a note giving dates. Like, they're all from uh, shows with 92 in 92, but, like, uh, like different designers. Yeah, yeah, they are. Yeah. So it says, uh, Katsy, yeah, it says from 1992. Muggler, Fall, Winter, two, two, oh, is that 1992. Uh, Setsuna, Chanel, Fall, Winter, 92. Serenity, Dior, Haute Couture, uh, Spring, Summer, 92. Bataru, Muggler, again, Fall Winter 92, Calaveras, Christian Lacroix, and Fall Winter 92. So it looks like this, this, this real dress that it's based on is like lots of feathers. 
Yes. Right? Like some sort of crazy feather situation coming out of her waist. Oh, yeah. And what gets me is, like, the jewel is there. Like, her forehead jewel <laughs> is there. And her, like, catsy hair is there. Like, th- this this model could not look more like a Sailor Moon villain. Yeah, she just needs the Blackland earrings. Is her... I can't... Okay. Is, I can't tell if her shirt is, like, mesh or solid, because it looks too skin color I it, think it, she's wearing, like, a nylon, like, stocking bodysuit, and then the part that's striped is a little thicker. Okay. Maybe. It's, it's very hard to tell. Yeah, but we should, uh, we should definitely link to this post uh, so that people can see it now that these characters are showing up. Okay. Right. Katsy uh, bails to go repair her dress, and Usagi, now, if you remember, last episode, was told the reason... Uh, Memru is ditching her is that she's not strong enough and he doesn't like weak girls. Right. Uh, so Usagi says, like, Usagi says, maybe I'll take protection aesthetics and become strong. Like, should I maybe do that? And <laughs> Memru goes, what? <laughs> like, uh, like, he is, he, like, it's like he can't remember what he said to her for a second. And then he's like, oh, no, I'm sorry. I had this vision of the apocalypse. And he's like, yeah, fine, whatever. D- do your, you know, uh, it's not really my business what you do is what he says, which I think is what he should have been saying since episode one. <laughs> he should have looked at that paper with the 30 on it and been like, hmm, 30 percent, huh? Not my business. Peace out. And then left the show forever. 30 percent. Not my business. That makes it sound like he's ditching her because she's not smart, though. <laughs> no, but he didn't know her then. Right, but I'm just saying it makes it sound like he's going 30%, huh? Never mind. Look, if someone throws their test paper at you on the street, then you like it's okay for you to look at it and comment on it, but it is not further your business. So anywho, anywho, that's, uh, that's that. He leaves. Everybody goes back to normal. And Grandpa clo- has closed down Protection Athletics and restarted it as Protection Jazz Dance. And guess uh, what? They have one client. <laughs> one student, and it's Chibiusa. And they're just holding hands and kicking. <laughs> it, just doing a very simple dance step. In Again, still in the wrestling ring. And everyone's having a real good time. And my question is, and this is also something, if you are a, an expert in Shinto, please uh, get in touch. Can you sue a shrine? <laughs> Is that, can there be legal action taken against Grandpa and the Hikawa Shrine for the by that poor lady who got beaten up by Dumble who just wanted to show up for an exercise class? Well, yeah, probably. Unless he had them sign uh, like waivers, I guess maybe maybe Ichiro was like, "Here, sign this." But yeah, like so things do not return to status quo in this episode. So is Grandpa like? I don't remember seeing him in future episodes. Is Grandpa just now not a priest anymore? Uh, is Ray like does Ray have to be in charge of the entire shrine now? My guess is no. My guess is that he's gonna go. Well, Ray, uh, I'd like my job back, and she'll go. All right, Gramps. <laughs> All right, Grandpa. But you have to start back as a trainee. Go <laughs> go swing from a tree. <laughs> that was all lies. You eat you eat your rose. Your master now, son. What? No, because he left too. Oh yeah, I guess. I guess they're they're both equal equal trainees. <laughs> he lost his status too. Um, and that is our episode. So yep. I feel like we have learned a lot. Sure. In this one, uh, do you feel like we've learned a lot? Of course. So now it's time for Sailor Moon says, Jordan. What were we supposed to learn from this episode? I'll tell you. 
Grandpa loves to tease people, and he thinks it's really funny. The really bad thing is that he doesn't understand that lots of people don't like to be teased, and it hurts their feelings or offends them. That's right. If you like to tease people, make sure you're teasing someone who enjoys it, and make sure you're not doing it just to be totally annoying. Yeah, be sensitive to other people's feelings. Sailor Moon says. <laughs> See ya. <laughs> That is a very G-rated version of the actual moral of this episode. Yeah, yeah. Like, have you ever heard better coded discussions of sexual harassment? Yeah. Grandpa likes to tease people, but people, like, he does not make sure they're into it first. <laughs> oh, gosh. That is a, like, that's, that's dancing around the subject, I think. Now it's time to talk about what we learned, because I think we might have learned something a little different. Uh, Siobhan? As our guest, what did you learn from this episode? It's time for Sailor Business Says. I learned that if you're a girl and you're thinking of trying a new hobby because it seems cool, uh, there's a good chance that a man will come you come and tell you how it's going to make you look unattractive. <laughs> <laughs> Jordan, what did you learn? That's fair. <laughs> Well, okay, fine. I learned that Sailor Moon's ideal situation would have been Letch's leching. Uh, you know, let, what she, that's her, her message. Letch's going to lech. What are you going to do about it, ladies? <laughs> that's the worst. That's the worst moral I've ever learned. It's right up there. I learned that uh, the Shinto religion is very casual about what goes on <laughs> at shrines. Yeah. You can bail. Uh, like you can just like stop being a priest start up an exercise class have fights all that is you can do please write in because i am so curious now and that's sailor business says so problematic episode <laughs> i think i think that's fair to say uh, sure. i love i love the wrestling stuff i think the monster is is cool it's fun to see a monster that is kind of based on a, a piece of Japanese culture that I recognize, like a specific person from Japanese pop culture that I recognize. That's pretty cool. I like the wrestling stuff. I like, I, and I do like Ray kind of like not admitting that she's super into Yuichiro. Sure. Uh, in a way that doesn't like just involve them, like kind of, you know, not expressing their feelings to each other on the street. Like it's all indirect in this episode. And I liked, but like, are, like, are we supposed to like grandpa? Like, are we supposed like th this is the thing I do I think that I think we're not supposed to like 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 the fact that he's leching on women but I think we're supposed to be like oh that adorable yeah like, I I feel like Grandpa like the 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 lecherous old guy is is a common character sure like not I mean not just in anime where it's like pretty common you know there's there's a lot of those floating around there but in in pop culture like lecherous like you know the dirty old man character. Like, I feel like there's a fine line between it being, like, a funny thing and then, like, it being, like, like, there's no, there's no, oh, this is a little bit over the line. It's always, like, it's either, like, oh, that's, that's funny or this is way over the line. But, I mean, I feel like most of the time in non-anime and non-manga culture, when you see the dirty old man, you judge him. Like, the, the mm -hmm. work judges him. You know what I mean? It presents a dirty old man as, look at this dirty old man. How bad is that? Or how sad is that? Or how pathetic is that? At least. Whereas in this, I don't think, I, I feel like we don't, we're not supposed to, we're not supposed to judge Grandpa that harshly. I really don't think we are. Well, Sailor Moon doesn't, obviously. Right, right. Which is weird because, again, like, I feel like once there's news stories, like, you have got, you have gotten, like, past the point of it's like, okay, maybe, 
maybe Rainey's to sit down with Grandpa and discuss behavior. Siobhan, what did you think of this episode? Uh, well, I found it pretty frustrating to watch the Deke one um, after I watched the original, because of course, like, this one is all about Grandpa being a creep. Even by the end of it, he's still hoping that girls come to his jazz dance class, so, like, he hasn't learned anything. No. And then in the Deke, like, they cut out most of the creepiness but then it's just everyone talking about how great grandpa is after this episode like really <laughs> soured me on him so yeah it's it's awkward i'm i'm kind of hoping you know we don't have a lot of ramps spotlights for a while uh <laughs> i don't think we do okay uh, i can't remember though i feel like like grandpa you know is a character best best delivered in very small doses like the, the like whenever he is whenever he is a focal character in an episode it, it it's dicey territory what's the he i always kind of like blend him in my mind with the the dirty old man from Ranma. what's his name the one who steals all the ladies panties okay. do you know who i'm talking about is he the panda you, no no the panda's Ranma's father but right. they're ma- the one who trained them their master was uh, right. a, a, another dirty tiny bald old man and I forget his uh, his name. Oh well, <laughs> he probably turns into something too. Everybody turns into something. Devin, do you remember? You don't remember? No. I did like um, like Ray in this episode. Like she had a nice little moment at the end, like cheering up Yusagi about uh, Tuxedo Mask, kind of brushing her off. Um, just like seeing her get flustered when she's trying to keep cool about Grandpa being weird. Yeah, I like maybe skip this one. I think. <laughs> oh, like. There's like there's good stuff in it, but like I feel like there's a like a, a, a five minute supercut of this episode that I would enjoy way more than the episode itself. That's and that all Dumble? Cut, yeah, that's all Dumble doing wrestling moves and then Sailor Moon showing up and and, and Bernie Mandela happening. That's it. Uh so yeah, that is episode sixty-three of Sailor Moon R, uh, which brings us to the end of episode sixty-three of Sailor Business. Uh Siobhan, thank you for coming to the show. Uh, thank you for for being here and watching this with us and explaining, put, putting a a first nail in the coffin of dweezil slang. <laughs> well, but they, just because it never was a thing before doesn't mean we can't make it a thing, guys. Oh, it's listen, all you dweezils and trash piles out there. <laughs> before we let you go, where can everybody find you online? Uh, everyone can find me at Twitter on, on Twitter at Siobhan Ish. That's S-H-I-V-A-U-N-I-S-H. Excellent. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Crackshot with a zero for an O. Uh, you can find Jake Mason, who does our uh, production for us, on Twitter at JJ underscore Mason. And you can check out his other podcast, The Morphin Grid, where they will talk about how wrong I was. Yeah, I assume there's going to be, like, edited in a 10-minute explanation of why Lita <laughs> doesn't attack with giant monsters. And I'm okay with that. I'm just, as, as co-founder of this show, I just want, Jake, I know you're listening. It's, I'm fine with that. Do it. If you, if you feel you must. Uh, you can email the show at uh, sailorbusinesspodcast at gmail.com. If you uh, are a lady who would like to be a guest on the show, that is, uh, that is where you can go. If you have clarifications on anything we've talked about, like I said, I, I do not mind corrections and clarifications. To help us understand the context of Sailor Moon a little better, as I've said before, we're just the fans <laughs> who have microphones. <laughs> you can find the show at Sailor Business on Twitter, and you can go to SailorBusiness.com if you want to catch up on any of our old episodes and see Jordan's uh, little write-ups on each. 
And you can find everything that I do at about.me slash Chris Sims. Uh, C-H-R-I-S-S-I-M-S. That does it. We will be back next week for Sailor Moon R episode 64, In Search of the Silver Crystal, Chibi Yusu's Secret. And until then, keep your mind on sailor business. with fire. Ha!